football crazy chocolate, chocolate man. man grab a power pod and play football with the lads the drop back with sam lewis matt burns peak joe costanzo and sam wilson Hello, listener, and welcome to another episode of the Dropback Podcast. I'm your host this week, Matt, and as ever, I'm joined by our lineup of stars, and I use stars in the same way that anyone that's been on I'm a Celebrity is considered a star. Um, I'm joined by Joe Costanzo. How's it going, Joe? Pretty well. Hiya. Excellent. Stan Wilson. How's it going, Stanny? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Perfecto. And Samuel Lewis. How's it going, Slew? It's going good, Matt. I'm going to choose to take that as a compliment. Yeah. That was a great intro, by the way. Oh, cheers. Oh, All right, notes. <laughs> <laughs> On the intro or the rest of the show as well? Just the intro. I, that, I mean, we're ad-libbing after this, I'll be honest. But um, the intro, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just have to keep replaying that. Cool. Well, yeah, great to be back talking football with you guys. And there's a lot of football to be talked about this week. We are going to mull over the win for Cam's plucky band of Patriots. We're also going to dissect the QB conundrum in New Orleans before checking on the game picks and previewing our game of the week. But first, let's head over to Seattle, where a certain head chef, Russell Wilson, may be wishing he had just shoved it in the microwave on Sunday after a pretty poor showing against the Rams. Mr. Unlimited threw an exceptionally limited zero touchdowns on Sunday raising a lot of questions about his MVP status. What do we think of this one then, boys? I think just, wow. Have you had a lot of time today? Yeah. I've had a lot of time today. <laughs> I'm, I'm running on several coffees. Uh, well, obviously, this is the second week he's looked a bit iffy throwing the football. Um, we saw throughout that game, Jalen Ramsey, I think, did an excellent job against DK Metcalf that entire game, just locking him down. I think he had like 28 mm. yards on the day. Uh, near miss at the end though and yeah I I don't know it, it seems to after all that early talk in the season about MVP um, candidacy and everything like that it, it's more if this is just a stumble or whether or not he's gonna sort of you know get back in the stride of things but it's not great for his MVP odds I'll say that no what struck for me, I think he's, he looks like he knows that he has to score basically a shit ton of points to overcome for this defense. Yeah. So he's he forcing does. the ball where he wouldn't necessarily force the ball a lot. And these are two games that they've fallen behind early, this and the Bills last week. And you can see it in how the like pass rush has split in each of the 26 carries total the last two weeks, which when they were winning, yes, he was throwing the ball on early downs, but they had a bit of a consistent run game. I don't know if necessarily this is because, like, and we've mentioned last week leading up to the Bills game, how he basically has no running backs left. So I'm willing to see how he does, but you're right. I think he is definitely losing ground in that race at the moment. Yeah, I think even the great Russell Wilson, you can't put this amount of pressure on him. He's essentially, he's carrying this entire offense and he's forcing the ball into coverage where in previous years he just wouldn't be seen to do that. Furthermore, his offensive line, they can't cope with the amount of the amount of pass pros they're having to do. It's, they can't set up the play action anymore because there's no run game. There's less run blocking going on. And this O-line isn't capable of being your traditional drop-back pass kind of O-line. And the defence is going to concede about 30-odd points a game as well. So 
Yeah. yeah, the Seattle DBs and the Seattle defense in general has been pretty um, stagnant this season mm-hmm. in general. And yeah, it seems like um, Ross has overcooked things a bit in hey. Seattle. Love it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a bit of a weird watch, I think, for me, because we saw Russell Wilson miss throws that he routinely makes and just some of the decision-making was really strange. That pick in the end zone that he threw. Oh, the scramble. It just... It was just like just just run, just run, just run the five six yards and lift to play another down. There was no need. It shows how much pressure he's under too, like mentally. True. Yeah, and I, I think Slew's, to Slew's point about the fact that that defense is a sieve and he knows that there is that pressure of having to, you know, score multiple points and multiple touchdowns every week to be in with a chance. Um, has started to sort of show up in his decision making. It does worry me though when. Pete Carroll basically comes out and says, yeah, we're going to have to basically go the other way. I'm worried they're going to overcorrect and basically just become a run-first team again, yeah. which they don't have the defence available to rely on that. In the past, when they were run heavy with Lynch, they had the Legion of Boom, so opponents weren't going to score 30-odd games. It's not possible at the moment. Mm, 100%. Well, in, in that case, we all, as we all agree, Russ has lost a bit of ground in the MVP race. Who do we think maybe now has a better chance in him to take that home? Certain, uh, certain Arizona Cardinals quarterback, Kyler Murray, has had an absolutely phenomenal start to the season. And I see you're, you're shaking your head it's there a bit, Matt. Hard. But you look at the season that Lamar Jackson had last year, like over, the, over his first nine games, Kyler Murray has outdone him statistically in every single category. Yards per rush, completion percentage, yards per game, Total touchdowns, every category. Kyler outdoes him. Same with Cam Newton in 2015 in his M- MVP season. At what point does Kyler Murray start getting the respect he deserves? Mm. It's interesting you say that. I've just had an interesting little uh, tidbit here. I've got some. <laughs> I love a little tidbit, but is that three weeks in a row? It's Joe's weekend, everyone. I think I've. Yeah, maybe. Um, so I've got the odds according to Odd Shark in terms of the actual standings for NBC. Your home of NFL odds. Yeah. Um, and they had a little switch up this week, given Russell Wilson's recent performance. And on that list, I'm not going to say the whole list yet, but Kyler Murray is currently sitting at number five. Ooh. Ooh. Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers both ahead. Yeah, then. they are. Jo- Josh Allen will be up yeah, there as well. Josh Allen's sitting just above him at four at the moment. Which I don't understand. I think Kyler Murray's probably had a better season than Josh Allen. Josh Allen's had a few iffy games at the moment. He's a better player. Yeah. Um, it's just, what you said there, like, there's definitely a case for Kyler Murray, and he is not being, you know, respected as much as some of his other uh, candidates, especially Josh Allen. I would have expected him to be above him. But how close is it, though, between the two? I should have actually stuck the, uh, the odds numbers next to it, but I think relatively close. Either way, I th- I my pick for it would be the obvious pick, which is Patrick Mahomes. To be honest, I think he's been consistently, um, you know, amazing this year. He's twenty five touchdowns, one interception, almost two two thousand seven hundred yards, uh, best QBR in the league at the moment. And yeah, I mean, currently just after Russell Wilson's last performances, um, there is a reason that he's 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 up there in terms of the actual odds. Yeah, I mean, Patrick Mahomes managing to do that magical thing of gaining ground in an MVP race despite not playing this week. Yeah. <laughs> Every man's dream. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that makes total sense. I, I, I would be surprised if Patrick Mahomes doesn't end up with that honour at the end of the season. Um, 
I think Kyler Murray will, will continue to climb up that board, though, if I'm honest. I do agree with you, Stan. I think he's been pretty unplayable at times this season. He's definitely been more consistent than Josh Allen over the season as well. Yeah, and he's got more dimensions to his game as well. Like, I know people are tired of hearing it, but Kyler Murray's ability to rush the football and run with the football is something that I don't think any other quarterback in this league has, aside from maybe Lamar Jackson. <laughs> James, for that. James James he instantly was just yeah. in shock there. He was red. I think he should have just given a little bit of a bigger pause yeah. to see if he fully yeah. exploded. He was going to go to war. I think the thing... Um, Kyler has going for him as well, maybe, is that we've seen people like to give this award to a new player. Not saying new is it new, but someone that hasn't won it before. So I think that's like even what Mahomes is doing, you, you're seeing more coverage on what Kyler, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson up until this point as the conversation. So A-Rod and Mahomes aren't really getting talked about the same way, even though they're playing just as well, if not better than those other three. Yeah, no, that's a that's a very valid point. Yeah, whether he is the most valuable player or not, yeah, the um the voters do like to give it to a a newer face on the scene rather than someone who's maybe already won it before. I think if the if the Cardinals win the NFC West, which they're in a good position to do at the moment, and they're not within one seat of the Packers, there's a good chance he wins it. Yeah, it'd be yeah, worth absolutely. a bet for sure. Um, on note of Josh Allen's chances as well, uh, the, the Bills currently have the worst remaining strength of schedule for the for the rest of the season if you go by the league standings at the moment. So I think he's going to probably drop off that list relatively soon. Either that or he plays well through some really tough games and it plays him into the award. You can go exactly. either way. He's got the yeah. Dolphins breathing down his neck now for the run-in. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, well, let's go from... So no, no tour... You're not you're calling off on that at the moment, Matt. I'm surprised we didn't. I'm surprised we didn't hear a two of those. We'll settle for rookie of the year. It's fine. It's fine. Doesn't matter. Next year's the year. Um, well, yeah. Well, talking from one possible MVP candidate to last year's MVP, and a game that I know Joe can't wait to get started on. So triggered. <laughs> Cam Newton and the Patriots did not read the script for this one and rocked up and caused a bit of an upset against the Ravens on Monday Night Football. And I think we can all roundly and honestly say we did not see this one coming guys yeah no not at all really what they both came out with a similar game plan because they both they're both run first offenses and the conditions in foxborough (laughs) they were it was absolutely awful it got to the got to the fourth quarter and oh my god that last drive couldn't see it was it was absolutely horrific like you could the raindrops were clearly visible on the camera and it was just absolutely pouring down but no both teams came out with a run first attitude and the Patriots just, were just able to get it done better. Damien Harris had a massive game on the ground. Cam Newton was efficient when he was need to, needed with the, to pass the football. And that's what it came down to at the end of the day. Neither team was able to push the ball downfield very far because A, the quarterbacks, and B, just the, the horrible conditions. So, yeah, it's all credit to the Patriots for coming out with the, um, the win. But I, if this game was played like five times over, it would, it would, it would probably go like, Three wins to Patriots, two wins to the um, Ravens. There, because it's just it could go either way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I think this is, and I want to ask Joe about this. But is this not a bit worrying for the Ravens? Last week we had Lamar basically saying that defenses are calling out their plays. They may might be getting a bit predictable, and especially when you compare this to the same fixture last year, when the Patriots were actually competitive. There's the fact that that you blew them out last year. You've lost in a tight one this year. 
to a worse Patriots team. Is that not worrying going forwards for your like championship aspirations? I think a lot that plays into that in this year in particular is the injuries. And I, I hate to sort of lean on that, but Kalias Campbell on IR heading into the game with the calf injury he got against the Colts. Uh, Brandon Williams, this sort of fed into their whole uh, our issues on the run defense and defensive front. Brandon Williams left the game early with an injury as well. Um, obviously, like you said, Damian Harris ha- had an amazing game, particularly towards sort of the end of the second half and then into the into the uh, third quarter as well. It's a bit of a soft excuse, though, that, isn't it? Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a valid no, point because Kalias Campbell not. and Derek Wolfe had to leave the game as well with an injury at one point. We talk about yeah, yeah, I was going to... Well. Ronnie, Ronnie Stanley was missing. Nick Boyle injured. He's one of the premier blocking te- tight ends in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, so yeah, but it's not like you were lighting lighting the pats up before Nick Boyle went out. Yeah, but which was on, on note of actually. Ronnie Stanley, actually, because so obviously Ronnie Stanley's uh, season-ending injury, and our offensive line has just not really been the same since we've had to basically move Orlando Brown Jr. over to left tackle. Uh, DJ Fluke was in at right tackle, and he's been just abysmal at blocking to be honest um, <laughs> he actually got benched during trash. the game Makari moved from uh, right guard into right tackle and then uh, Powers came in at, at right guard for him and I mean that whole sort of like from centre to right tackle our line is is so iffy right yeah. now um, it was visibly weak as well in yeah, the long game yeah it, it was for sure uh, and that was, that was basically our, our, our best strength one of our best strengths is you know in the trenches and we've had so many injuries on the defensive front and on the offensive line um, that, you know, that's definitely going to play a factor into it compared to last year anyway. Also just on that defensive front, Jimmy Smith was out this game. LJ Fort was out for the second week in a row and he was proving to be really good at the start of the season. I was a bit worried as well, not just the defensive front, but in, you know, uh, secondary level tackling. So Deshaun Elliott and Patrick Queen had notable several like missed open tackles um which you know the conditions might play a factor into that yeah the Patriots yeah they deliberately ta- targeted Patrick Queen there in the run game because as a rookie linebacker I was listening to Bucky Brooks earlier and he was saying it's, it's almost similar to being like a rookie quarterback in the fact that you've got to learn all of these new responsibilities and you're essentially conducting an, an entire defense and yeah the Patriots just went after him in their game plan and he was just confused and yeah it's just part of the reason why the Patriots were able to run all over the Ravens. Can we talk about Matt Skura for a bit as well? Go for it. Oh, I feel I feel sorry. I feel for bad him. for him as well. Uh, he had a few like in our last week against the Colts. He had a few mishandled snaps there, and largely that was kind of down. Uh, a lot of the blame was sort of shifted on a hand injury that he sustained, and obviously, um, so there were two sort of key mishandled snaps in in this game. Um, so there's a fourth and one in the third quarter when we were training by 10 to, to Mark Ingram that just went horribly wrong, lost 16 yards, turned over on downs. And then in the fourth quarter, similar thing, um, just after Lamar Jackson had like an 11 yard rush, we sort of had momentum going and then 16 yards lost um, starting on a second and 25, uh, 26, sorry, the next play. Uh, and that's when we're trying to come back and, you know, get the momentum going. So whether it's, you know, the, com- the the bad weather or on top of the the hand injury of combination of both, he just didn't have a very good day in terms of just snapping the ball, which you'd hope, you know, is the, the minimum a centre can do. I'm, I'm not... Yeah, you're a centre. Yeah. It's your job. 
but there's lo- lots of factors going into why that is. The I mean, case, yeah, obviously. but at the same time, the Patriots didn't have that same issue. Yeah, and I, I, I do think the Patriots deserve a lot of credit for how they ground out this win. Well, I think for Cam Newton, this was a massive game in terms of you know being effective in the pass in the passing game and, and sort of answering some of his critics there. Um, I think that was a huge statement. And then obviously getting the touchdown with his legs as well. We know Cam can do that, but no, no interceptions for me against one of the best secondaries in the league, I think is a big statement for Cam Newton. Um, it's because he wasn't pushing the ball downfield. I don't think either team were pushing the ball downfield because of the, the howling winds in Foxborough. So m- the majority of the passes were within 15 yards, 10 yards even at a push. It was, yeah, just lots of dump-offs, lots of check-downs. Although, to be fair, that's, that's the been the, the same went. for both of these teams, even when the weather is good. Yeah, no, that's that, that's true. Yeah, Lamar Jackson, yeah, he looked, he just looked yeah, intimidated, scared to throw the ball downfield. Like, he would spend his spend the entire play with his eyes downfield, but he, he just inevitably end up checking the ball off into the flats or on a quick out to a tight end. Yeah, I mean, to be fair to him, there were a few drops that... I mean, it's going to put you off a little bit, especially as like, oh, it's slippy. He's going to mishandle it. It's going to bounce up to the, one of the most opportunistic secondaries maybe in the league. So I kind of get his reluctance in that fashion. But at the same time, for the last few weeks, irregardless of whether this isn't even a Jackson thing, your receivers aren't even either getting open or being schemed open. And that might be a bigger issue yeah. than anything else. Yeah. And the one ball he did push downfield is in the in the first half. He, yeah, he threw straight into double coverage and straight into JC Jackson. It's it's hard to judge it off of this game, but definitely our offense has just struggled in general over the last few weeks. So it's a bit peak. Bit peak. It's a bit peak. I, th- I think that perfectly sums up your summary of the of that game. I think Jerry as well. Just a bit peak. Um, yeah, we got. Two tough games ahead as well with the Titans and Steelers. So we'll see how those go. I mean, realistically, you've said all the injuries as well. We've said how the offense isn't firing like it should do. Your aspirations coming into the season are a championship, were a championship, realistically. Yeah. And anything less than that isn't a successful season based on what you were last year. So, I mean, is there any chance of this or are you just, is this season short off injuries? The offense needs to rejig itself, or is there a chance? I wouldn't say it's it's chalked off. I think we're definitely not going to win the division with the way the Steelers are playing this year. No chance. Currently, we're tied with the Browns. And you're gonna, yeah, you'll be third place off for the next two weeks. That's for sure. All right, don't need to oh, pile it on, Stan. <laughs> this guy. I don't know what you're talking about. We've got the Browns next week. Going to smash them. The certified <laughs> win for the Browns. There, then I think. Right. Well, let's move on to the next major talking point from this week then. And after the 49ers defense relieved Drew Brees of several of his ribs and a large chunk of his lung capacity, <laughs> there will be Good fight, <laughs> there will be a new QB suiting up for the Saints. No, Texan Hill, it's not you. It's Jameis Winston we are expecting to see against Atlanta this week. What sort of trouble does this potentially spell for the Saints' offense and the Saints' season? But Taysom Hill's the franchise quarterback when Drew Brees <laughs> that's, retires. That's the thing that they've been saying that they're paying him what eight million a year to be a backup slash Swiss Army knife. I think it's pretty telling that it was um, Jameis that came in rather than Taysom yeah. Hill. Yeah, it's, absolutely. I think Taysom Hill's always just sort of seen as that prototypical playmaker rather than a legitimate option at quarterback. Yeah, I can't believe like Sean Payton actually said he was going to be a franchise quarterback and some people like bought it. It's just Taysom Hill. He's a meme. I think however well Jameis does, 
I don't think there's any chance that they don't go back to Breeze when he comes back in what oh, a couple no of weeks, chance. few weeks, a couple of weeks, so, like a few weeks. Yeah. Crack ribs and a collapsed lung. Yeah, what, what do you think he's fucking made of, Stewie? Get a little book, get a little pump out. Problem <laughs> not a million dollar man. He's in serious peril. Yeah, just, just duct tape it. Duct tape it. I felt quite bad for Drew Brees as well because he had he did a press conference like straight afterwards and he was obviously like in a lot of pain um, throughout the whole thing. Like I don't know how that was expected of him. Yeah, he stayed on the sideline the whole game in his pads. Mental. Um, yeah, but I, I I think you know Sean Payton went five and zero with Teddy Bridgewater coming in last season. I think you know Jameis Winston. Teddy Bridgewater, two very different players, but all Jameis Winston really has to do is get the ball. Doesn't really have to reinvent the wheel at the quarterback position. He just has to get the ball in the hands of the playmakers, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Um, and that's, I I think they'll be perfectly fine with, with Jameis Winston throughout this stint. Uh, I think this is a different situation. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a lot more similar to Drew Brees mm, yeah. than Jameis Winston is. They don't have the biggest arms. They're game managers. They'll get it to the guy that's like Jameis. And yeah, I think Jameis... He's accurate. He just can't see. Maybe now he's had laser surgery, he'll yeah. be able to see where he's throwing the ball and who to. Yeah, he's accurate 50% of the time. Yeah, someone always oh, catches That it. smudge looks <laughs> open. That's true. Uh, I don't know. The thing is, I don't think... Yeah, like I said, James isn't that guy who's going to sit back and dump it off 30 times a game. If you've got... James has a good arm. So I think it opens up another aspect of that Saints offence that we all said they have been missing. The defense is just basically closing down on those, the underneath balls, so it really made them stagnant. But I know it's just about cutting out the turnovers for Jameis, like it has been for the last five years. They are different offenses, though. And the Bruce Arians offense, you're going to get a lot more interceptions. We've seen that with like other quarterbacks on the system, namely Carson Palmer. Is yeah, the thing with Bruce Arians is he build he builds a touchdown into every play. That's what he claims. And yeah, that's the problem with Jameis. He seemed to be taking that deep shot every time, and it would work fifty percent of the time, but. Sadly, that's not enough when the other 50% are uh, drive-ending interceptions. Man legged the league in, in passing yards last year. <laughs> and interceptions. Hey. <laughs> and then didn't get his contract renewed. So who's the real winner there? He's the face Jameis last year, I think, is what we take from that. I, know, I think I don't doubt Sean Payton's ability to draw up some big plays. But I never, you never go, oh, the Saints issue is that they really have enough creativity on offense. Oh, I'm not saying they're not creative. I'm just saying Bruce Arians is a much riskier play call, play call and his offense is ri- yeah. like riskier. No risk it, no biscuit, his words. Yeah, so is the play calling going to put James in a situation where he is going to be throwing the same amount of interceptions? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No. I think definitely as seeing as this offense lives and breathes through Alvin Kamara and no one else, I think. And it pretty much was on display as usual at the weekend. I don't actually see this being too much of a negative impact for the Saints as well. Especially Mike Thomas back as well. Yeah, I mean, we need to do is be able to hit a fucking slant and Mike Mike Thomas is in the game. (laughs) Yeah, the thing is with Alvin Kamara, you say that's all it is, but when he's on an option versus a linebacker, it's basically an automatic seven yards. So if you're hitting that, what? Two out of three times, there ain't no issue. What if the third time you throw a pick? That's, that's the issue. <laughs> oh, well, good luck, Jameis. That's that's the thing. You don't know if he's going to have immediately the same connection that Breeze and 
has with Kamara and Thomas. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I do think this laser eye surgery as well. I do think that's going to play a part because yeah. I hope it does. I really hope it does. Yeah, it'd be a really fun narrative, a really fun story. I mean, it makes sense, right? You think about it. He's a 26-year-old quarterback. If, if he, you know, if he strings together like a really good end to the season here, then you know, or a good stretch of games, then maybe they they think about you know keeping him on as the potential franchise QB. Saying maybe and not saying it's going to happen. Said maybe a few times. It's just like two two opposites, two opposites, isn't it? Drew Brees and Jameis Winston. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, they've been running a Drew Brees Taysom Hill offense for the last yeah. year and a half. So yeah, but Taysom Hill's a little gadget man. He's nothing special. I mean, this is this is the other side of things, though, right? Like, as you said, Winston was the the, the man who got the nod when Brees went down this week. We're expecting to see Winston from the start this week. As you said, where's, where does this leave Taysom Hill? Is he even actually a quarterback anymore? No, he's not. I think they have a lot more Taysom Hill packages while Breeze is out. But still, if you're if you're paying this guy this much money to not be the bloke consistently passing it down the field, are you not just overpaying for Mohamed Sanu or someone like that, essentially, who can kind of throw it but also catches things and, and runs around? Uh, yeah, he's massively overpaid. I think he's a be- he's a better player than Mohamed Sanu. Yeah, I mean, 100% he's better. I'd rather have Taysom Hill than, than Mohamed Sanu. But as a, as an example, like you're paying a premium for a gadget player, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, but Sean Payton loves gadget players. He does. I think we've actually all everyone's been a little bit harsh on Breeze when I went back to watch these last two games because I wanted to see what Breeze has been like since Michael Thomas has been out back in even. He's improved because before. Yeah, because before that, it's hard to judge because any team without their best weapon is going to be yeah. bad. But I mean, he's he, he doesn't have a lot of arm strength. But I mean, he's as sharp as ever in the fact that if you sit back in zone coverage, he will yeah. pick you apart. Yeah, and I think that's something they may miss out on now. James has come in. Yeah, he's probably one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, he doesn't have a massive arm, but he, yeah, he's still able to pick apart defense. He's still able to fit the, fit the ball into tight gaps, and that's essentially all that matters. Yeah, it'd just be nice to see if he could do that outside the numbers and downfield. Bear in mind, though, also last week he cracked the other side of his ribs against the Buccaneers. And then this week he cracked. I can't remember which which side was which, but... They just need to wrap his flak jacket in bubble wrap. <laughs> Somebody get this man a better flak jacket, because, I mean... Yeah, get some bu- what bubble wrap. What his ribs made of? Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully, from a Saints point of view, and, and you know, from a general point of view, because you don't like seeing players injured... We can hopefully see Drew Brees back in action sooner rather than later. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Winston does this week in relief of him. Um, right, well, let's before we move on to our game of the week, which is very exciting this week, I believe, Mr. Slew, you have some game pick updates for us on our leaderboard. I do. Is it positive news for me? No. No. Right, well, let's go straight to the game. It's not, it's, not, it's not as bad as it is for me. <laughs> then continue. Well, probably me. No, you're slightly better. I'm at the bottom oh. with 91, 54 and 1. Then Joe, 92, 53 and 1. Then Matt, 93, 52 and 1. And the man at the top went 12 and 2 this week. One missed result Ooh. on Thursday Night Football. The other we've already talked about in the Patriots' shock um, win over the Ravens. So... I mean, it's a pretty impressive slate of games. It's Stan Wilson, 96, 49 and 1, opens up a gap for the first time in a few weeks. So, look at that. Damn. Thank you very much. 
feel pretty confident going forwards now, Stan? You're going to hold on to this? Uh, I, honestly, I think I've got this in the bag. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love how whoever's been leading this uh, when asked has just been like, yeah, I'm going to win. And then instantly loses the lead. Uh, Are you referring to yourself? Yeah, no, then, I, held on to the lead for I was hanging on to weeks, third man. for a hot minute. Yeah, but to, to be fair, to be fair though, Slew, I was like one point behind you that entire yeah. time. Ah, there was one week where it was uh, two points. <laughs> and now, what's the what's the what's the margin between um, me and Matt now? Irrelevant. It's um, I thought you said you got an A in maths, Stan. Oh, I wasn't listening to the actual scores. Go on. Uh, three three wins. Get in. Have it. I like how Joe said, "Yeah, I was holding on for third place for a few weeks now," <laughs> <laughs> and I, I still claimed that I was going to win. So. I love it. I love it, Joe. I love Are you feeling good about your sandwich still, or is it getting worse each week? We'll see how it goes. That's a no. That's a no. I'm not feeling good. That's a no. That, that's a man who's really not confident. I want a meat, Joe. I want a meatless meatball marinara, please. Marinara. So you what you want? Tomato no, no. sauce in a sandwich. <laughs> no, it's the. You know what I mean, Steve? What? Stan, what sandwich have you just described? Like? Uh, I'll have <laughs> a bread it's and a, a tin of chopped tomatoes, please. No, it's a meatless meatball marinara. I've actually had that good. before. It's, 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 it's not good. bad. It's not as good as a normal meatball marinara. How would you know? My it, brain is absolutely fried by what you've just said there, Stan. I have no idea this even existed. Right. So you know that how, is you know fa- how... it's fake meat. It's not just the sauce, Matt. That was a joke. Yeah, I'd understood that, but, I, but still, I was just like, what? I was just putting in my sandwich order, getting ahead of it, you know? Yeah, well... It's going to be very cold by the time it reaches you if he buys it now. <laughs> yeah. Also, I feel... Before you move on, we need to make a decision what we do about playoffs, whether it's double points or what. Oh, wow. Ooh. I don't know about double points. Oh, do you know? Oh, no, the oh, currently no. winning doesn't want the double points. Shocker. Well, no, because you want to make it look respectable. We don't want to have myself too far ahead at the top. I'm just going to put that in our mind. We'll all have a little think about it. We'll come back before the first week of the playoffs. Yeah. And... Well, then like one million points in the Super Bowl. No, I just meant, <laughs> double, no, point. I just meant double points all the way through, not doubles each round. Or do we have like knockout rounds? So if whoever's in last places at the World World Cup weekend gets knocked out. I like that. Oh, I thought this was a simple game pickers. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, but what if you're like five five wins behind? You've got to go for some playoffs. upsets. Yeah. Yeah. Swing for the fences, Joey. I mean, says the man that's picked two Jets wins already this season. I don't think you're in a position to be like, oh, but what happens if we have to pick upsets? <laughs> that is true. No one has had the sort of faith that you've had in the Jets. Possibly ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just picked them because they're. Yeah. It's a fun Flacco play. had a good game. In, in, when I picked the Jets, Flacco had a good game. Did he, did he win? Did I just say, there no, obviously not. It's <laughs> but it's it's a fun pick. Why wouldn't I? And there lies the problem, I think, Jake. Sorry, I'm trying to have fun. <laughs> right. Okay, then let's turn our attention towards Monday night and the all AFC West matchup between the 8-1 Chiefs and Gruden's 6-3 and Raiders, fresh of, off of an impressive 37-12 dismantling of the Broncos. Looks like a pretty good game to me, chaps. What do you think? I think it's going to be a cracker. Yeah. Do we have to apologise for last week's game of the week choice? Yes. You- Actually, no. We, should, we shouldn't have to apologise because the listeners voted for it. Yeah, yeah it's You're your fault. Now, you have to apologise <laughs> because we right. gave you the option... Of the Cardinals and the Bills, or the who was it? The Chargers and Dolphins. We went for in the end. Can I just um, quickly just defend our listeners here nope. by um, just exposing the fact that Matt voted on two accounts to sway the vote at the last minute? So 
Fear not, listeners, you made the correct decision. Listen, I took the initiative. It, it was a good narrative. Two rookie quarterbacks looked fun. I didn't know DeAndre Hopkins was going to just rock up and do something stupid on the last play. Well, you should okay. have. And you Sorry. sometimes need a heel yeah. on the podcast. You need someone that's going to, you know, ruin things for everyone. Exactly. Matt. I'll take that mantle. Um, yes. Well, this week's game of the week looks like a bit of a humdinger, to be fair. I think from the Broncos game at the weekend, I was really impressed with the Raiders. I know the Broncos have had their problems and we've mentioned that before, but I think the Raiders are really fun to watch. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I've genuinely enjoyed every Raiders game that I've watched so far this season. Yeah, no, it's, that's a fair point. With this game, Chiefs-Raiders, the key, the key to it is just going to be on the ground for the Chiefs in general because what what the Raiders did last time when we were talking about it with Nat Coombs is they they dropped off Arden Key and they used him to spy Mahomes, keep him inside the pocket, and that was a really effective way to control his playmaking ability. But of course now with the, with the um, Chiefs, you've got Le'Veon Bell, you've got Clyde Edwards-Hillen, they're both outstanding running backs against a weak run defence. On that note, you've got to imagine that given a bye week, Bell hasn't been doing a whole lot so far. You've got to imagine they've worked him into the offense a bit and he's going to come out yeah, and actually yeah. contribute a bit more yeah, well, this week. That was going to be my next point. Like, is this the game that Lev Bell establishes himself in that Chiefs backfield? Because we've seen sort of flashes and a couple of nice plays, but nothing consistent thus far um, to really put any any sort of real pressure on Clyde edwards Hilaire. Yeah, I can see that happening. I don't think it's about pressuring Clyde edwards Hilaire. I think it's about using them to their strengths and using them to abilities. So, for example, sticking with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on maybe the shotgun packages, the third and long packages, and then using Lev Bell for those downhill running plays out of like heavier heavier packages like 12 personnel, etc. Plus, Lev Bell's really good in pass pro as well. Yeah, no, so, that is really true. Yeah. I think one of the issues we had in this matchup last time on the Chiefs side of things was that Mahomes was under pressure for a lot of that game. Yeah. So if in the key third downs they bring in Bell, get a little bit of heat off him, maybe that will sway things the other way. Yeah, yeah I, mean, that, I think that's definitely a part of Lev Bell's game that doesn't get enough credit. Is his pass pro is really good. Um, so I think that... I think because if you're if you're that if you're that good of a run, running back, then you've got things that you're going to talk about before you get yeah, to pass. It's pro, not the flashiest skill set that people want to brag about, unless obviously you're George Kittle, where you make blocking look pretty mean a lot of the time but yeah I mean I'm, I'm actually quite interested to see how the Raiders offense fares in this one because I mean Josh Jacobs has quietly been having another very very outstanding year like yeah. he his ability to break tackles and the physicality that he runs with again on Sunday was on full display yeah and Devontae Booker yeah. as well behind him who I completely forgot about before he's rattled off two big games in a row mm. So, and seeing as though the Chiefs couldn't stuff a nosebleed right now, um, <laughs> I think they're going to really struggle to contain the Raiders' running attack. So, as long as the Raiders can keep it close for most of the game, they should have a real shot. It's more so, I think, with a mostly run-based offense like the Raiders, you know, whether they can keep up the pace, that, you know, of of the Chiefs. That's the same with any team playing the Chiefs. Is can you keep up that offensive pace? And what will they do on defense? Their defense has definitely improved down the stretch, and over these last three games, looked rather good. Um, but yeah, I I don't think they'll be able to just with their style of offense be able to just keep up 
with the Chiefs. No, this game can't get into a shootout if the Raiders want to win. If it turns into a shootout, yes, the Chiefs win instantly. To be fair, no one beats the Chiefs in a shootout, so... No, it's impossible. In that case, then, let's hear it then, boys. Predictions. Money way Who wants to go first? Is that you, Stan? That was me. I'm, yeah, Chiefs all the way. Score? Probably they will, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going for... I don't, I don't know. I don't know about score. I refuse. I refuse. <laughs> right, well, we'll, no, we'll I reckon, back to the score for you. I reckon that. 35, Chiefs 35, Raiders 24. Okay, lock it in. Lock it in. Decent, pretty decent. I think Chiefs 33, Raiders 17. Ooh. Okay. You've taken both. I was going was to go 35-17 Chiefs, but you guys have stolen those numbers. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, a well-known fact. You can't choose them now. The numbers yeah. once as well. Yeah, I know. So I'm going to yeah. have to go 34. 34-21. <laughs> they miss an extra point. Okay. <laughs> or, or hit two field goals. You can just pick the same number. It's, no, it's 34-21 Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I'm genuinely... I'm a little bit shocked you guys have picked it to be this much of a gap between the two teams. I, I genuinely don't think it's going to be a Chiefs win by that much. I think it'll probably be a Chiefs win, but I can see it being, like, maybe by three points, less than a, like, less than a score. I would go with something more like you know, 21-17, personally. I think that, that Raiders' defence has looked decent the last few weeks. Um, and I think their offense is pretty underrated as well. I think Derek Carr's looked good in spells this this season and, and had some nice consistency as well. And as you said, I'm not sure I bank on the Chiefs being able to stop Josh Jacobs. My thing is, if it's that low scoring and close, I can see. I think the Raiders win it because it means that yeah. they've had long same rushing attacks, and the Chiefs haven't been able to stop that. The Chiefs win basically by playing the game and, blow, and scoring early and getting up off them. Which I think is I think just as likely. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess we will find out on Monday night. I may, may change my opinion to the Raiders, just just to let you know. You might change your opinion to the Raiders. Not now, just before on the Pickens. On the Pickens. Oh. Oh, I didn't realise. Transparency. It, it'll all it'll all be it'll all be posted before the games kick off. Don't you worry about. <laughs> I don't it. like this one bit. I don't like what I'm hearing at all. All right. So that's saying Got if Mahomes too. somehow gets Corona in between knock on wood, then you're not allowed to change your view. You've got to stick with the Chiefs winning. No, that's not what it means. But I like that you dropped knock, in, knock on wood there. Very Gruden-esque. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, for now then, looks like we're all going Chiefs. But keep your eyes peeled for the pick coming out later this week in case Lou decides to be a little bit funny with it. Right, well, that is all we have time for this week, guys. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to keep up to date with everything to do with The Dropback, you can check out our website at thedropback.com or at thedropback.co.uk. Um, make sure you follow our socials. Instagram is at The Dropback. Our Twitter is also at The Dropback. And our Facebook is The Dropback UK. Thank you so much again for listening. I have been Matt. I've been Joe. I've been Stan. And I've been Sam. And we will catch you next week. The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson. Save it for your fucking blog, Stan. <laughs> I'm sorry, our blog. <laughs>